Collective Potential is a pretty special place. It's for people who want change. And we provide people with the self-development, personal change events, workshops and tools to get you to where you want to be. This podcast was created because these beautiful souls that speak open and so vulnerably believe that when we share open and vulnerably, we create aha moments in our lives. And we knew that with all the people out there who are lost, stuck and almost looking for a little bit of a challenge and to, to challenge the status quo, that that's why we created this. We have Ryan Hyde, who is all about learning in life, and he is an absolute soul searcher. We've got Jeremy Khan, who is, oh, if there's anybody who's going to challenge the status quo, it's this guy, but he has his heart on his sleeve. And with the three of us, with my passion for change and authenticity and purpose in life, this is the Collective Potential podcast. And we do this so that all of us can grow together. And today, the story is about how do we be more authentic in our life? What is its value? What does it bring to us? And by doing that, what steps can we take to integrate that and change the world? And from this session, it really is about being real and not perfect. Connection. Real world. People everywhere. Collective potential. We're all the same. Give me your thoughts. What's your aha moment in your life? Alrighty, so my aha moment was when I was at uni and um, studying philosophy. And back then I was a bit of a floater. Didn't really, like I was passionate about things, but I didn't really care a lot. There was a lot of um, a lot of character armor on, like a lot of um, distracting myself. So I didn't feel a lot. And then my tutor, I went in and asked him, this was my favorite class of all time. It was on philosophy of the media, which I've kind of turned into like what I want to do in the future. And I asked him, hey, Jeremy, what do you think my mark is? His name's Jeremy as well. Yeah. So I don't get confused, Chess. Yeah. But I was there. So <laughs> and he, um, he looked at me straight in the eyes and said, it's not about the mark. It's about what you learn. If I was to run a university, there wouldn't be marks because people succeed and people fail. But in the end, it's what they learn and get out of it. Oh. And then since then, I haven't cared about the result as much, but more the process. And how do I make the processes fulfilling? And how do I learn as many, or not as many things, but learn quality things and apply them instead of just, oh, I need to get this mark or get this job. It's like, no, you get quality. Um, that was my aha moment mm. that I remember. Brilliant. Which says so much about you and what you bring to the podcast each and every time. Oh. That ability to learn, be curious. That makes so much sense, don't you think, Jez? Mm, absolutely. What's yours? What's like, yours? He's already told me that. That's why my reactions banked. I mean, my authentic reactions already occurred. So oh, I can't okay. Re- 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 yeah, but I haven't but heard yeah, it. I'll do yeah. it for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my uh, <clears throat> moment was when I was uh, had, on my 30th birthday. Leading up to it, I was, I was in St. Lucia on my own. I tra- traveled in the world. And leading up to it, I'd wanted to reconnect with God in some way or like this energy of absolute in some in some way uh so like in the in the month before i've been kind of just wanting it waiting waiting for it to happen meditating every day um and then on my 30th birthday i kind of put myself in isolation a bit when i went out on my own and when i was meditating just before dinner that night i i did my same meditation i'd always done which is this buddhist um removing of thought um and then giving it away and yeah, it's it's the same practice that got that got me through depression and everything. 
and <clears throat> and when I was doing it, um, this Bonaventure song was on it in the background and stuff. But um, at the at the very moment, I gave my <clears throat> all my thoughts away as a gift, you know, like to God or to outside of myself. <clears throat> um, this this wave wave that hit me that this experience, essentially a spiritual experience that I'd liken to enlightenment occurred to me, which um, like like a gift, I just like I'd done the same practice hundreds of times before, but never this had happened, mm. and um, and I felt like it was the answer to what I'd been uh, my prayers really, um, and it's it's hard to describe, but essentially I was in the lotus position and sitting stance, and um, just as soon as, the moment I gave it away, this wave of energy of light just washed from my head down over my whole body and then it just kept um I felt like I was a glowing orb of light and the this ting- a physical t- tingling sensation was just like casting up and down my body like po- like a pulsing thing and I f- and I felt this like incredible sense of I was everything um everything and anything at that moment and complete peace complete um connectivity with all and it was just for me. It was just like, um, and uh, you know, what I've learned more recently is that it's if essentially we're in an ocean of awareness, and our wave is like our um, is our self individuality. Like when you come down to nothingness, you know, from creation, something's born. Like self is born out of that out of a wave. Um, and there's this moment which is enlightenment where you were of self but also of nothingness so like you, when you try to transcend thought you get to nothingness and realize you're um no thought nothing um which is what c- creation comes out of and so i, I was in that flux between a, a realization of myself but also realization that i was everything wow. um and that that experience of that is like for me is what i i truly know as existence the mechanics of existence because i've i experienced that so um for me that wasn't an intellectual thing it was just a you know what i mean like so that that reminds me and that as an uh, such a particular aha moment for me because it reminds me that i can't understand everything but i can experience it and that that's true it is well because you can see what a wonderful combination we are when we sit here don't you think you've got somebody who loves to learn and um, sees life through curiosity, and that's my perception of you after you tell me about your aha moment. And you, Jez, like, for a, you're a deep thinker, and a lot of people I know don't think like that. Um, and I think what I love about your aha moment is that you got to experience the nothingness that all these gurus talk about, and it makes so much sense because you're also just such a fun, loving, good human being too. So you're almost like a paradox to me sometimes. <laughs> in a, in a good, in a yeah, great yeah. reason. You know, you work in commercial television. I mean, radio. Sorry, um, uh, and you're all about mainstream things, but yet you desperately and so beautifully connect to consciousness or God, depending on who you talk to it. And then you've got me, who her aha moment is she just desperately needed to believe that she was worth something. And my aha moment was when other people saw it in me and then I truly believed it. Like, how's that for a trio? Mm. Magic. Mm. And especially if our mission is about having beautiful, vulnerable, authentic conversations. So today I wanted to find out for us why we do this, what collective potential has to do with all of this. 
but it's actually about the stories people tell about their aha moments that shape them also. So I wanted to play you a, a bit of a, um, a pretty vulnerable um, snippet uh, that I recorded. And to give this context, um, I really believe that what we're doing here is important. So since this podcast has begun, people have told us that they really love the concept that we're just talking about ourselves. And I said, they go, how many podcasts have you listened to? I said, barely any. And they're like, great. The beauty about not listening to too many podcasts means that you're just making up your own thing and not following a structure. And they said, well, that's actually really unique for people just to sit and have a vulnerable conversation. And I'm like, great. So I feel like we're onto something when a journalist who's used to story formatting tells us that we're doing something cool here. And I want people to we're be, good. I want people to be talking about the kind of conversations we're having and it's, it is unique. They also told us that we've got a lot of room to grow. And so that's why I love that our whole community with this podcast is growing with us. So in today, I wanted to go that extra mile with what it means to have to share ourselves vulnerably. And I definitely um, feel passionate about it because the perception out there about me is something that I'm actually deliberately doing. I'm showing people how I see life, which is life is beautiful. Life is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you can celebrate it and be grateful for everything that's ever occurred to you. But I think when you start to do self-development or put yourself out there as a persona who does that kind of work, as a coach, a speaker, mm. you start to fall into this category of you can do it kind of cheesy self-development. Yeah. And I want to make sure that throughout my entire life I am consistently sharing who I am authentically. And that means the ugliness that means my darkness because mm. I believe that as I grow into the woman that I am going to be, that every time I accept that darkness and go deeper with it, um, and that's the negative thoughts, the experiences mm. that I've mm. had that I've hidden away in a little dark place inside my mind, when I bring light to them, then it, it makes me come alive. We're, and, we're human becomings more than human beings most of the time. Oh, good one. And that's what that reminded me of. Hmm. That's great. Would you agree? Mm. You know, if you see that part of yourself. So today I'm going to play you, um, and this is going to go for a little bit, but I'm deliberately wanting us to um, listen to this and spend time with it and allow it. So as I play this, I want everyone to really start to think about where's that place inside you that um, you've learnt to hide, avoid, create strategies <clears throat> to not even go into um, and start to let what I'm about to say impact you. Um, and let it bring up memories of your own or just even how you feel, whether that's emotion or crying or even if it's actually just, God, this is too much, I'm not into this. It's, you know, like you're allowed is what I'm trying to do here. And authenticity is that we're walking through life allowing if I'm angry, I'm angry. If I'm sad, I'm sad. And we can be authentic with both of those things. And that is true intimacy when you get to that place. So I'm up for it if you guys awesome. are. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Here we go. Context. This is recorded on Saturday night. I got triggered. Uh, to me, it means triggers means that um, there's something that I have a pattern with in my life and that's I go after things that I want, um, but then sometimes I don't because I'm scared of it. And I'm genuinely, I've discovered along the way, gentlemen, um, that rejection is a very big thing for me. If I get rejected, it hurts. Understandable. Mm. You know, mm. What's rejection to you too? Mm. Well, I, I know that the rejection feels the same way as being physically like stabbed or in pain. They're saying it's processed in the same centers of the brain. Mm. 
Fascinating. Um, which is why our heartbreak hurts so much, because it's actually, like, evolutionary. We wanted it for humans to survive. We had to be a part of the pack. So rejection often meant death. Mm. So that's why it's such a strong yeah, thing right. in our brain. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of... It is... It's it's scary, but it's it's realizing that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback, and reframing that rejection in a way where it's like it's a learning experience. Mm. And there's um, definitely different levels of of it. Like family rejection is way more painful for of me course. than mm. Dylan just saying he thinks I'm a twat, which which does bother me, but just lesser. <laughs> Dylan being um, who's always in the background of our podcast, um, filming us and encouraging us, so. You'll hear from him every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> or reference. Great. So everybody has this thing or this shame or this guilt in their own way or something that they tend to avoid um, and we create strategies about um, to not feel that. And I genuinely try to avoid that at all costs, not that I'm always so conscious of it. I'll get a bit more into that after this. So... This is, for some people, you could see this as quite self-indulgent, but I hope to feel like me putting myself on the line is asking other people to not hide. And I'm doing it for me, which cannot be cliched. It's real for me. Mm. And so as I do it, it's also to encourage others that is it that hard or is it that scary when you know that the reward from it is even greater. So here it is. Somebody will hear me cry as I hide in my room away from everybody. wrong with me that I'll never be fixed that I'm damaged beyond control and that I'm just actually tired of it 
very upset with myself. There's a whole range of events. An avalanche, you could call it. I could hear people out the front of my house and I'm worried that they're my housemates. So I'm aware that I might stop any minute if they start talking and coming to the front door. allow myself to feel it, just to explore it, not to be afraid of it. I think I've made it up, you know. There are so many people out there in the world that would have it worse off to be. Like, seriously, I get that. Like, horrible shit, man. And when I think about that, I go, you've got 
no right to feel their pain. But surely there must be some some way to undo. What feels like a curse. Uh, at this point of the recording, M talks about being sexually abused as a child. Uh, and just out of respect, um, we don't want to leave names in there, just respect for other people. So we've edited them out. I'd hate him. But I certainly don't like myself for it. And my brother... I mean raw, as in authentic. I was very raw. You want to come and give you a hug, man? I know. You can totally come and give me a hug, Jeremy. He, li- um, he literally is. I'm going to watch this and, oh, so it's a nice warm hug. Mm. 
Hugging isn't really meant for podcasting or radio, but this is a beautiful moment. It is. Might edit that out. No, that's beautiful. Um, It's exactly what he gave me. He's like just... Okay, so we've just returned from a beautiful, (laughs) warm-looking hug. Oh, man, I felt like I really energised everything I had into you then. Yeah, you did. Like you grabbed hold of me and just squeezed me. It's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Was there more? Yeah, I'm going to come back to it, though. I feel like um, I'd love to just do an interjection and see how we're feeling. Hmm. I mean, I don't know at the same time whether I paused it because it was too much for me or that I just feel like it would be cool just to hear how you're feeling. Mm. You know, what does it bring up in you? I feel like it feels I can relate to it. Like I, I... That everything you're going through, I've felt that same. Like maybe the reasons for my pain have been different, but the pain and the feeling of the pain and the agony, the physical agony, I can completely relate to. Completely. Um, and I love, I love, I think, of course you should share that. Of course we should all share that. It's kind of those experiences with each other. Why wouldn't you? Like, um, it's easier now because you're in hindsight and you're not in the depth of it. And yeah, I can relate to that sense of, not wanting to burden anyone with what you feel like is like you've got great people around you. You could easily call any anyone, anyone. To, Thousands of people yeah, would come yeah. to my rescue. Why didn't you? Well, this is what I wanted to ask you at this point. Was the shamed? You're feeling yeah. ashamed. I want to know why we hide. Mm. Why do we hide these parts of ourselves? I think it's because we live in a culture where our self-image is often more important to us than actual authentic relation to each other and it's sometimes that can be really like more vulnerable to take that public it's like that we don't want to share that part of ourselves because it makes us look weak and we feel ashamed Mm. but really it shouldn't it's that we all have as REM said everybody hurts sometimes (laughs) and it's like it's what makes us human So it is funny though, yeah. So why why don't we? Like, if we can delve further into the question, mm. like, why don't we? If, it's, it's it's because like, why don't you personally? Why don't you? Why didn't I in yeah, that why, moment? Yeah, why don't you? Great question. In that moment, like, you know, my best friend Bianca. Like, we've all a lot of people are very lucky to have a best friend from primary school. She is my everything, right? Mm. She's just my soul sister, and yet I couldn't pick up the phone and say to her. I am in a spiral of sadness right now and I can't cut it out. I I just felt like in that moment um, that I was a burden, that I was ashamed of going through it again. Like, you know, I said it, um, I keep telling myself a story and so therefore if I tell the story I'm creating this pain, this suffering these beliefs I have about myself and so it's creating the tears and the sadness mm, mm, as well, mm. um, let alone feeling the experience of the trauma and so um, of what I assume is trauma. Mm. Um, and so to call her and say I'm doing it again, mm. I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to be like I'm still sad. And, and you know, I, it's interestingly I feel like it's actually beneficial to just sit on, on your own as well because – our friends, I've often Absolutely. found, provide some provide distractions and want to make you feel good again. Mm-hmm. Some want you to sit on the pain and go on your own. Different people want different things for you um, and have different responses to how they think you can f- feel good again because that's our auto response is you, to make people feel good again. Do you think sometimes what you're looking for isn't 
advice. You're just looking to be understood or heard. Or to be seen. Or to be, yeah, seen, understood, heard. Like, for example, if Em did ring a friend, it's not the fact that it's like, I need advice from you. It's just, I don't, it's like, we're in this together. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Ramdos the other day and he, he brought up this story um, of friends of his that their daughter ended up getting raped and mur- murdered. And he's like, I need to write them a letter. You know, that's some of the biggest pain ever in their 11-year-old daughter. And what he said to them is, "Wow, you know, when that happened to your daughter, a part of you died. And that part of you is the person or the being that can't bear the unbearable. What you get after that is you know you can bear the unbearable. And then you can bring that and Mm. turn that into compassion, which is like what I see what you do with your work. It's Mm. you've... That was very raw and full on, but it's like you take that compassion, that experience, and the fact that you can empathize from experience with people going through the same stuff and bring that energy in, and you come from a place of experience. Mm. I love that. Uh, the, when you were speaking, they reminded me of this story, a video you might have seen on the internet recently um, with this guy speaking. Um, he starts, like, just, I'm just commenting on the fact that we have this incredible ability to adapt and change yeah. and, and go way beyond ourselves. Mm. He was talking about how he was abused as a kid, how he, he like, went through years of suffering and um, violence and sexual abuse. He got to an age where he ended up um, raping and killing a, a mother and a daughter and then he's in life imprisonment. Um, but he, he 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 talks about it in a really much more succinct, beautiful way. But he no, got to a great explanation. Got got to a point where he was like he just never felt loved. He never felt love. And he said the first time he felt love was when the grandmother of those people reached out to him and said that I love you. Like and that is just uh, how the fuck? Yeah. How the fuck? Like and <sighs> and that's the grandmother. Goosebumps. And like so, that just demonstrates our incredible ability to go beyond ourselves. And you're going beyond yourself by sharing this. And I thank you because I think it's a bloody great example. When you asked us to prep for this, just quickly, mm. you asked us to, um, well, you know what what pisses pisses us off, what makes us angry. Mm. And my honest answer is, I don't really get pissed off or angry, and it's not that I hide from it. It's just if you acknowledge that often when people cause suffering, they're acting out of a place of hurt and suffering. If you explore what happened to them when they were younger or even their genetics, um, make them a certain way. So someone who's a sociopath, a psychopath, whatever you want to call it, they didn't choose that. It's just it's been what they've been given. Um, but a similar story to what you just said, which reminded me of it, is from Jack Clonfield. He was talking about this mother whose son was shot by in gang violence and then she ended up adopting the guy, the young man who shot a kid because she's like, you've robbed me of another son and now you're going to give me, now you're my son. And I think that's that beautiful spirit, that spirit of that, this, because the kid who shot her son, he, um, Mm. he didn't have parents. So it's that thing where it's like, you know, like when you say what gets me angry, nothing. Cause I think we're all just trying to like, we have this like huge fear of death or this like, vulnerability that's inherent in being a human we're all just trying to work out how to deal with it mm, mm. and if you can look at i think that's why all the eastern philosophies talk about compassion mm. it's because that's not gonna i don't think that ever goes away no 
But the, uh, and I reckon the, just on top of that, the reason, I mean, I looked at my ones that what frustrates me and any of them are what frustrates myself about myself. So like any projection I have of frustration on one another person is actually 100% about my own lack of ability to have compassion for myself with it. Like a projection? Yeah, I guess it's a projection. It's like, we, yeah, humans kind of like project their fears and their wants onto other people. Yeah, and you know, it's funny when I... Th- the reason I also play this back is, you're right, Jez. Um, I just wanted to be real. I wanted to sit in it. Mm. And though I wanted so much to call out to a best friend and feel loved, that was actually what's going on for us when we're in that moment of hiding, right? Mm. Is that what we're projecting out externally in the world? Is that when I was younger, I felt alone. I should be quiet, right? My my experience in my past has dictated my present sometimes mm, mm. and you know there's been abuse in my life or sexual abuse so that was we was, was told to be quiet and don't say anything yeah. so in those moments where I'm most vulnerable up comes my 35 year old pattern of shh mm. be silent mm. and I think a lot of the time when people hide away they don't always know that um, or it took me lots of therapy yeah, the damage that it's doing. And psychologists and personal development courses, but it's empowered me to learn about myself, to know that I can, in hindsight, look back at why didn't I call Bianca? Mm. You know, she's listened to it before. She's been there. It's actually just my pattern or my limitation just playing out again. And fears. As Johnny Pollock would say, there's a whole other podcast on just the realm of... Yeah. Um, depth of why we don't mm. and what's in there and... And like, because once you hit self love and or like it, be, mm. it become it becomes self perpetuating cycle. Yep. But it's also like a, it's not. I I don't actually don't like the word self love. And I mean, just like you know, that's what it is for me. But sometimes it, it is w- when you hit w- when you hit one deep nerve, it mm. just it can unravel because you're playing with demons. Yep. You're playing with this. Um, but to free those like dark that darkness, mm. like you said, mm. um, you this is how you do it. Yeah. And what better way to broadcast it to anyone and everyone that wanted to listen. And um, it is beautiful. And because when you say that before about um, Ramdas or even projection, and it's a beautiful um, uh, conversations that come from being authentic because there's also the greatest lessons from them, right? Mm. But that's what I wanted to bring it back to of, you know, I'm my own greatest enemy in that moment. I'm the one who's in control of those thoughts and those emotions. Those, that ability to be alone, right, is I'm sitting on my own and I can always create that um, choice or create a moment where I pick up the phone and then to choose to redefine myself and reorientate myself and then look at the end result that I want, right? Mm-mm. But you're in self-loathing mode and mm-hmm. it goes down and down and down. So and- I, I do think it's important to sit with it. Yeah. And Not you, to push it away. 100%. And you did the hardest part. The hardest part was just oh. being okay with being there. Because like, oh, that's the most... Hurt. This is This is what you're doing right now and sharing it with the world is less painful than you actually just... And everyone else just individually taking themselves there. I think that's the hardest part. What do you reckon would happen if more people didn't like um, shove down their emotions or their, their fear or their pain? What, what, what state of the world... What, what state would the world be in? Well, initially, complete turmoil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, that's the perception, right? But you can't trust your thoughts or feelings. They're not real. And they dissipate any very quickly. Constantly and changing. Constantly changing. Mm. Well, they're stories in their own way, right? Like they're, they're dark stories or 
they're just stories. Like that's why my attack. That's why we we're talking before we started. Like my my attachment to stories that I'm trying to sever because um, they they're repeating cycles that I tell myself. Like the story of what I look like every time I look at myself in the mirror in the morning. Like I'm sick of that. Like I don't even want to look in the mirror anymore in the morning anymore because it's it, it encourages an idea or a story about myself. I've come from this. I've I grew up here. I I'm I've got hair that's like this. Whatever you know. That's that's brilliant. I love that. Again, I'd harp on on Eastern philosophy because I think they've touched on something that Western philosophy. Because I've looked into both quite a bit, and Western kind of came very intellectual. Like it's like we turned our mind mm. into a certain religion mm. in a way. Mm. Mm. It's just we're like this is the right way of doing it, and really right. we've no idea who we are. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where we come from, mm. um, and we don't really know anything. But it's like it's um, in the universal sense anyway. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, They're way more submissive about it, aren't they? Like yeah. Westerners would love control. Mm. But that's the idea of living in the present moment because you realise that suffering is an attachment to a story or an addiction. It's the addiction to stories, basically. Mm -hmm. It's you can feel a pain. And when you say stories, I think it would be cool to almost universalise this too. When you say stories, what are you talking about? Um, I'm talking about, for example, with me, I could say, oh, look, I've been bullied as a kid. So then I live out of that for the rest of my life and go, I'm not worthless because I was bullied when I was younger, where it's, no, that's the past, it's a story, that's not here. If I look around right now, there's no one bullying me or punching me or whatever. Mm. It's just gone, it's gone, I've taken this experience, and in somewhere in my brain, out of all the experiences I've had, the myriad of experiences since I can remember, I've said, this is relevant to make my character. When, if you think about it, there is no character. <laughs> it's like the character is just, just memories that we bring up about ourselves. Um, or if I live in the present now which is I go, okay, those stories happen and I honour them, but they're not a part of me anymore, and let that heal. And that doesn't mean avoiding pain when it comes up. It means not dwelling in it and feeling it. And that's what the idea of meditation is to give these feelings space for them to run off. Yes. So it's like the metaphor that's really helped me lately is if you imagine a cloud in a picture frame, it's like a square picture frame just full of giant white cloud. Yep, There's a lot of cloud there. It's pretty like it's pretty cluttered, you know, heaps of cloud. Whereas if you like imagine the camera pulling back a bit and you see the cloud, let's say the cloud covers a quarter of the middle of the frame and the blue sky is around it. Meditation is identifying with the space, the blue sky around the cloud Apparently and not out. the cloud. Yep, so the cloud is our our ego, our stories we tell ourselves about who we are. Um but that also doesn't mean that you don't live. And like, you know, like when I heard this, it's like, You're oh, still so. the cloud, right? Yeah. It's like, why don't I go sit in the cave then if it doesn't really matter? And it's like, no, you, you the difference is you still live your life, but you honor it instead of identifying with it. Mm. So it's mm. like... If and that that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where you, those aha moments come into reality when you're actually living out and moving like a little fish, oscillating between thought and pure awareness. Which I love this conversation because that's why I recorded it. Because I thought to myself, well, we're on this podcasting trip and it seems to be a bit of a hobby of ours right now. So would you really do this? Would you really put yourself out there um, and record it? Of course. Can practice, we play? Practice what you preach. Can we play this a little bit? Yep. So with you, like, how could you have, what meaning did you take out of that experience? Because, again, like I talk about Viktor Frankl a lot, but it, another aha moment I had was... Um, we can't choose what happens to us, but we can always 
choose how we respond to it. How do you respond to that moment or your past? Like, do you identify with, okay, this was who I am, or how did you let that go? If you did, you might still be identifying with... That's okay. Is the question about my past, or is it about the on Saturday night? So the question is, what meaning did you take from those experiences yeah, now? of course. Beautiful. I feel like all of them have taught me the most amazing experiences. You know, sexual abuse is something that doesn't get spoken about because it's quite scary mm. to think that people have sexually been molested. Like, look at the words of violent abuse. Yeah, it's a very emotional, like, I feel like, yeah. mm. we and, talk about it. And this is quite controversial, mm. but I've put that much work into... Um, my perception of it, that I understand that even the way society views it is why it hurts me. In an actual fact, it's truly taught me how to love. You know, like I've spent my life hiding away from true intimacy because I thought it was wrong, see the experience. And so at this point as a 35-year-old, do you know how many people love me? Could you even begin to imagine the amount of people love I get on my Facebook pages after I finish a workshop? And in actual fact, the love that I've experienced has been tenfold than had I not had experienced that sexual abuse. In actual fact, it's been a gift. And that's taught me true empathy. Like, I'm not even making this up. Like, I have so much love for the people. I'm actually really good friends and I care for the people that did it to me. Because I was the one that had to learn that I'm not a victim and I'm definitely not a survivor, as they put out in the world. Mm that I created my reality from the moment it started to happen. But society's also constructed that and pushed that on me, and so I've been able to really filter through it and let it empower me. I'm not controlled by it. Every once in a while it gets triggered and I sit there on Saturday night and feel quite sad that there's something wrong with me. But is that true? No. Can I ever really know if that's true? I've grabbed hold of that thought or that belief, that cloud, and it's completely all over me. There's no blue sky in that moment, in that frame. There's not even a frame, man. I am inside the frame. (laughs) But I can see its beauty now of what it's gifted me Mm. because I have to. People have to go down that path, in my view. They have to go down that space and go, what did it give you? So I'm all about going into that and realising that what it gave me was exactly what I was crying about. Mm. It gave me love. Mm. Did it... I love that. I think it's beautiful what you said. I think that will empower a lot of people as well for if they can relate to it. Yeah. Um, would you say it's it's created any manifested any behaviours, or could you know? Are you aware of yourself behaving um, from an unhealthy way from it? Yep. You know, like you know, like from I sometimes behave from my pains um, to make myself feel better or um, cling on to certain things or cling on to comforts. Do you are you aware of? it uh, manipulating your behaviour in that kind of way? All the time. Like, it's really lovely to also know that it's gifted, it's given me, but I think it's even more powerful if you're still aware of how it can control you, right? Yeah. Yep. So every once in a while um, I just drink and smoke and party like there's no tomorrow. Oh, so bad. (laughs) It's so like, Because... Well, because the party used to give me intimacy, I could chat with people and talk to them. And so when, like, I can't explain to you, like, I wouldn't even touch anyone, let alone let them hug me, even though I was lovely and happy and vibrant Emily when I was younger. So alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, 
were my ability to connect mm-hmm. in a very deep way, even though I was having beautiful conversations and having a great life. So the, where it turns up there, like even what I said in there is really vulnerable for me. Like I, I eat food, like I'm probably 20 kilos over the, um, over the, I don't know, whatever they call that index. Mm. Um, yeah, but I used to be 40 kilos over that. Mm. So I would say that, yeah, I do things like that. Or I even get stuck in the story. Like there's some kind of medal that I've overcome mm. being a sexual abuse victim. Like it's so kind of part of me. The survivor part yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of grosses me out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Does that answer your yeah, question? Yeah, that's great. great. What about for you? They're great things to um, say, um, be aware of. Um, for me, uh, I've, I'm, I have to jump too many frames. Of thought yeah, yeah, right great. No, 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 that's fine. It was more... Um, yeah, I think the self-pity thing, it's something that happens to everyone and you, I don't know if this is a limiting belief, but I think it's always there in a certain way. Um, for me, I, well, this is, this one gets a bit, this is quite personal. Yeah, please do. Um, I noticed when I used to, we spoke about how I used to Tinder when I didn't feel like I had love. I also used to masturbate as well, just when I felt lonely, just because you get that relief. Creep, creep. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for anyway. dying. Put yeah. it in the quarantine. We know it in our community. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh. I'm, just, I'm just like embodying your fears to fuck with you. Yeah, that's but, it. Yeah, absolutely. But, but see, this I've never is had a wank in my life. No. <laughs> but this is okay though, right? Like this is what happens. Yeah, yeah. Like this is what I like about authenticity too, is it's okay to laugh when a moment and yeah. someone goes, because maybe Jeremy's uncomfortable with that or it's just... So listen, uncomfortable. Guys, no. I'm I'm waking right now. <laughs> but it's okay to laugh or have humour yeah. during a moment that is quite dark because I think that's that's how people can handle vulnerability. Tell you what, I just grew so much hair on my, my palms. I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't get that. Really? It's the old myth. That if you oh, right, you, right. Go, gotcha. you, you go blind yeah, yeah. and then you go blind, you get hairy palms if gotcha. you masturbate. Gotcha. God, you poor boys, you've yeah. got you've got yeah. some unconscious yeah. Yeah. demons yeah. in there. But back then, that was when women were probably wearing chastity chastity belts, anyway, so they yeah. probably couldn't. Oh man, I grew up Christian. I it was like I felt guilty every time, which is made for a terrible teenager. <laughs> but yeah, go on. Um, but then I realised that I wasn't doing it when I was actually physically aroused, just when I felt mentally like. Unstimulated, yeah. bored, like you know, didn't. How many like people out there do that? Probably a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which makes me happy because I'm like, Haha, yeah, I know what you're thinking, everyone. But it's like it's kind of letting. I think our nature's behavior is na- natural, mm. but addiction of any form or like habits, cyclical habits. When we only we know ourselves when they're becoming that. And I've got to like, I'll and, s- and they're unhealthy. Or you know, yeah, I'll stop bringing up bring up Ram Dass, but one thing he said Please is an addiction is an addiction is like just that yearning for that like ultimate feeling of love or connection. Mm. But if you think about it, a lot of people, which me included, sometimes it's like you attach, you feel an attraction to somebody in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship with and you can't stop thinking about them and your brain gets addicted and addicted and addicted. But what really is when you're in a relationship with someone is it's not like they're unlocking the place in you that is love. It's not, you know, they have to be there for you to get the love. They're just unlocking that. Mm. So it's like that's a lot of what um, letting go of these attachments does is it's mm. like you learn to lock it in by respecting yourself. Yeah. And ironically is when you learn how to like self-love, that's when you're in a position to be in a relationship. Mm. 
because you're not sucking love out of someone. Absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of, like, I even like this conversation and I'm glad it went there because I wanted to explore my love and passion for authenticity by putting myself on the line. And then you always find a lesson, or I hope that people do, in, um, you know, I go into that into that cave or that, you know, they say your fear or that the fact that you just spoke about, I masturbate. Not anymore. I've Sorry, I, I used to. It. Well, you don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Again, nothing like, <laughs> nothing like masturbation to get no, everyone no, giggling, meant, right? I, <laughs> dick jokes. No, dick no, jokes. I meant in the sense that I used to, I don't do it out of loneliness no, anymore. No, no, it's thank you. for. I do think that's important to grab hold of. Very good. I love it. <laughs> what, but were you going to grab hold of? <laughs> she's, but she's trying to say she doesn't want you to masturbate on your own anymore. <laughs> I can't. I'm releasing my my pent up emotions because that was an intense thing to talk about, and now we're giggling. So it's good. Grab hold of, grab hold of. Go. Okay, but you know this conversation, authenticity. You know what is it? What's its value in the world? And being able to put ourselves on, like God, I sit here and go, cool. Now you're sharing, Jeremy. Now you're sharing, Ryan, about moments where you felt like that, and when um, times that have gone on for you, and now the process of knowing that the things that don't make us feel good also are um, – they're, they're, Not voodoo. They're not voodoo. Another, they teach us. This was actually because you asked us what our aha moments was. Mm. And my first one, because, again, my hang-up used to be like, how do I get girls to like me? Because I was like mm. super like in my head, like really in my head. Mm. Um, and I ended up coming across this video um, of a guy and his name's Your Charisma Coach. But the video was him doing a talk on, like, approach anxiety, which is the idea of, like, actually going up to someone and being like, hey, I'm, like, introducing yourself, which a lot of men experience. But one thing he said that really helped me is, like, okay, you go out, and what our usual model is, you're going to go chat to someone, do something you fear, and it's either be a good time, you're going to come out the other end, and in one box, you can imagine two boxes. It's the box with the label, good experience, and then you, like, put that in your memory box of good experience. Or there's the other box, which is terrible, scary, fearful experience. But then he's like, switch that around, have the box of good experience. But then on the other box, cross out the label of bad experience and write funny story. So it's like anything that happens. So like in the context of like going up to a girl, you might go up to a girl and be like, hey, I'm Ryan. And Mm. then she might be like, you're a creep. I hate you. And then slap you. But then you go and tell people, just be like, oh, I went up to someone and told them I honestly think they're pretty. And then they hit me. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, you know what right. I mean? It's like you can always use that as a lesson to mm. teach other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's what today is about or even what I love to do in my own life or the work that I do is I really believe that you can create a new story. Like mm. I know you can. Mm. And stories are... Well, you cre- have. Yeah, and I have. Mm. You know, and every once in a while I'm okay that I learn more at a greater depth to myself. Like I couldn't even have sat with that years ago. I would have gone and drank a bottle of bourbon or two. Mm. And these days I just sat there and woke up in the morning and... Sick. Yeah, you know, and in actual fact I woke up fresh, my eyes were puffy, mm. I was a bit grumpy during the day. Um, I'd, and, you know, and for the rest of the day I sat in a little bit of awkwardness of how can I be the person I want to be if I still have all this sadness. And then slowly as the day went on I was like, Emily... 
disappointment in your life or rejection is creating a story. And is it is it true? Can you ever really know if it's true? And if you start to think about how do I react when I believe the thought that there's something wrong with me, then I'm left sitting in sadness and, and is is that what I want? So who would I be without the thought that I'm not good enough or that I'm damaged because of these experiences that rejection has created and triggered me? And you know what I'm left with? I am love. <laughs> and so the rest of the day I spend pottering around the city, getting myself into the space. I walk back into the next day with this vision or reorientating myself mm. into, mm. I am love. I've always been loved. Mm. And I don't need to get rid of that stuff. Mm. I need to embrace her mm. and look after her and take good care of her because my identity was wrapped up in that at one point and that's mm. all that I was. And I can detach from that now and spend time holding on to myself and loving myself. Mm. And I don't need to call anyone, actually, mm. because I have that within me, right? Mm. But even better yet, that I do get to go out to my collective, and that's what I'm doing today, <clears throat> is I'm not hiding. There's nothing about recording a podcast that's hiding it or hiding myself away. Mm. Because now we have a beautiful conversation. I get to know you even more. And I hope that anyone who's listening to this spends more time understanding that the power of authenticity and the power of vulnerability and the power of the collective, what that does as a, as a trio, you know, creating a new story. My focus creates my reality. I know deep in my heart that my reality is that I am love. So, you know, and that's it. We were born from it. We are it. And there's either love or fear and which one am I going to choose? You know, and I just feel like the creative discipline that it takes to keep yourself in that space. They say it takes 17 seconds to change your thoughts. I'm in the car this morning and I'm applying all of these practices. I'm going, yes, 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 yes. Saying yes to my life, saying yes to my life over and over and over again. Not faking it, but genuinely knowing that by the time I finish that 17 seconds, I'm in a much better place. Mm. So these are those rituals, those practices I put in place Mm. that I went for a walk, that I went for a run, you know, like years ago, I couldn't even run a kilometre. And you run a fun run. How many Ks was that? That was eight, guys, eight (laughs) kilometres. All the marathon runners are like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. But, you know, what is that area in your life that you want change? You built the pattern right up that doesn't serve you, and that's why you want it changed. So it's going to take some time to create change. Um, And I really encourage people to start to chip away, right? A metaphor I've really liked lately is the idea of the snake shedding its skin. Yep. It's like a snake doesn't shed its skin in like, 10 seconds, you don't rip a skin, snake's skin off. It does it slowly in a matter of is it weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's a completely new snake. So if, it's, mm-hmm. if you go, oh, I'm it just working on it. As well. he, doesn't, he doesn't like go, yeah. Yeah, it just happened. That nature. It's a natural thing. It, it, yeah, like, it has one. to like, drip off you. Like, but if you've got the acknowledgement of, you know, if I do this one little step today, then maybe the process. in the future. It's Honor about the, the process. process, yeah. I think it's lovely. I, I love everything we've talked about today. I think it's really valuable and um, it should hopefully encourage a new norm. And, and it, it will always be a risk and it will always be hard. Like you can look at other people that take risks and open themselves up and go, oh, how do you do it? You must do it. It must be so much easier for you. I don't think it is. Like maybe there's different variables in our environment and our genes with it, but I know for me it's always a risk and um, it's obviously clearly been a risk for you today. So I honour that risk. Thank you. Yeah, I think the greatest lesson is um, for me is just how connected I feel with you two 
being able to share that vulnerability yeah, and hear that from you. Like I go, thank you, Ryan, for putting yourself on the line by talking about what what that was for you. About my willy. About your willy. But then, <laughs> you know, and then that you can laugh at it, the vulnerability, like you're saying, not that it's the horrible box, the ugly box, the you didn't do it well, it's a bad well, it's, experience. It's actually hilarious. Like I was crying on my bed. How's the snot? <laughs> you know, like it's just part of us. So it's not always so dark. It's, it's, yeah, it's like you said, like sometimes I'm like, oh, if I do want to actually get into journalism, I'm not going to get hired now. Yeah. And then it's because my grandma called me the other day and she's like, do you have a job yet? And I was like, no, I don't have a journalism job, but that's fine because we need to change it anyway. But this is what I think the future of media will look like. It's just people sharing who they actually are instead of this, like, image-based society we live from will be a more, von, not vulnerability, but authentically-based society. Mm. And all of our heroes and our mentors and all the people who we consume in our ears on our iPhones and whatever it is will be people that are exploring themselves authentically. Mm-hmm. And that excites me. Mm, that excites me. And if we're about having sharing vulnerably so that we can create aha moments in our lives, tell me, gentlemen, what's one thing that you learned from today that you're going to take this back into your life? And put, you know, take some action on. Um, to keep it, it's more of a reminder that it's okay and to feel whatever I feel and just to rem- pretty powerful and which is very powerful because I think that's it's okay. It's okay to feel whatever I need to feel and um, and being more aware and of this level of conversation we're having now in every moment of my life. Like the, the standard that we're interacting right now, where we're, we can, I could tell you any, the deepest, I feel the freedom to tell you the deepest part of my life or the most euphoric part of my life and everything between. Um, awesome. And I want to be able to remind, I, I, I do get dulled by um, being around. That's why I'm like getting more vigilant about meditation, making it a non-negotiable thing twice a day, 20 minutes, um, because I need that That for me is a ritual that allows me to stay in this space r- continually throughout the day. It is so important to have a ritual, without a doubt. What about you, Rai? Um, kind of like Jez, there's more re-emphasizing things for me. Um, but I think I just, I learned a lot about you and where you come from. Like I kind of mm. had hinted at it before, but now I understand you in a way, mm. That's um, yeah. which is kind of your power. And I guess you, like, I wouldn't call it a curse, but it's like you're using your curse as your power mm. by, you know, you often make jokes about the fact, you know, I haven't had a boyfriend anymore, but you're also learning to allow that, which I think is beautiful mm. and realize that again, it's not, having the partner or the relationship that's going to make you feel that way. It's the feeling of connectedness. You get another human being, which allows you to touch that feeling of whatever it is we're looking for. Is it love? Whatever. So you experience that through someone. Mm. And now I can be like, okay, so that's why she loves it so much because she Mm. hasn't had it. Mm. But I think it's beautiful. And I don't think you need to have it. And that's something I'm playing with too. Mm. And, you know, I think the one thing that I'm going to take back from the conversation today is I have been going out on dates. Right, not hiding and not bringing it up all the time. You know, Mm. it's just Mm. just not making it a big deal and enjoying it. And I've had so much fun, and I mean, that's great. Fun, you know, like. But then the thing is, when you actually do meet someone, it'll be from a space of authenticity where you're like, "This is who I am. Yeah, this is naked me. This is." Mm. 
I won't. I'll talk about this another time. Yeah, it's great. Gorgeous. Love it. So, yeah, that's my action is to continue to do that with my date next week is have fun with it. So what can people actionably take away into their week this week? Yeah, I think that's exactly the question we should leave people with. With this conversation, this being authentic, it's vulnerable, but it gives you great power and connection with people. And I think we've all been able to hear that from each other. And I hope that... And we want to hear from it as well. Like We'd yeah. love to hear your stories and how how this episode's touched you, or if it has or if it hasn't, or if you got annoyed, if you tuned out, anything, like anything you feel about it. or love the idea of this community. Mini community in this room right now is is uh, expanded. Um, so, yeah, like do that through the Faith Collective Potential Facebook page, um, the Instagram account, whatever way you feel. Brilliant. Thank you. I honour you both and everyone listening. And I'm, we love you joining in each week. Love you.